You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hi, my name is Blake, and I have just a quick note before we get started. Actually, it's more like a recommendation because this podcast is an immersive audio experience, part fact, part fantasy. It's best that you listen with headphones on, imagination on, and everything else turned off. Welcome to Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Season 2, Episode 7, Jerry. His name is biblical. Well, almost. But for the sake of privacy, we'll call the weeping prophet who hangs in the southwestern corner of the Sistine Chapel, Jerry, a sensitive sweet soul. Tall, lanky. He comes to me the first night in Raleigh, before I set foot on the outer banks some five hours away. We become intimate, enjoying each other's sexual company, our bodies wrapped up like laces on leather boots. He's a good listener, new to North Carolina, and about to dive into real estate, though he really just wants to sell cars. He actually offers to help me buy a new vehicle, which I decline, stupidly, because I'm not ready to let go of my 2014 Nissan Sentra, which helped me sail down here after shot number one punctured my arm, disseminated into my veins, signaling a false sense of freedom for the coming six months, a failure of a nation who refuses to accept a massive public health crisis, ignoring any possibility of escaping the ongoing pandemic status and trotting into an endemic. Herd immunity, Fauci calls it. It's a milestone we'll never reach, though I don't know this yet. All I know is that I've left Raleigh for a weekend in the Outer Banks, and somehow Jerry joins me for a night, with fervor, much to my surprise. It's unexpected, and I like that. I enjoy spontaneity. It's a turn-on. Jerry splashes around in my brain as I pass an abandoned water slide, a centerpiece of a derelict roadside amusement park. I take note of the giant sparkling eyesore, blanketed in barbed wire, protecting it from outsiders, though I know there's always a way in. There's a go-kart track, bungee jump tower, pools, a snack bar, and a putt-putt course, all part of this colorful addition to the summer beach town tapestry that is Redanthe. My brain begins to plan my excursion into the wilds of this sideshow gem as my body drifts back in time to the early 1990s, to Colorado Springs, my hometown, to the Garden of the Gods exit on I-25, where a freestanding trio of water slides hovered over the highway. I'm there with my brother and my father, standing on top of the tallest slide, looking out over across the interstate, over Garden of the Gods Road, stretching eastward, away from the front range, the summer sun piercing my back. No clue that 20-plus years later, 
a pandemic will ravage the planet and change the chemistry of my brain, inciting a reclusive state where I detach a harsh majority of human contact for months. Until the vaccine hits the stands. My six-year-old self, atop this water slide tower in Colorado Springs, doesn't know any of this yet. All I know is that standing in front of me, there's a slippery, twisted slope. A chance to let gravity take hold, an opportunity for temporary weightlessness, where I can let go in freefall, carried by swirling H2O, basking in the glow of the dry Colorado summer. Just as soon as this stumble back in time envelops me, however, my memory shuts down and I return to Jerry in North Carolina, who spent the night. A second evening of intimacy, another round of release. We've departed the beachside bungalow on stilts I rented for the evening and head back north, back to Redanthe, where he will accompany me to explore this batch of ruins. We park and hop a fence as cars scream by on North Carolina 12, the single-lane highway that stretches the length of the Outer Banks, featuring some of the most miraculous scenery I've ever seen. Sandbars that tower over the roadway, creating shadows that look like mirages, a constant threat to the cars that pass by. We balance beam a narrow piece of wood behind a utility shed, having scaled a tall fence that surrounds the perimeter of the park. Our feet come to rest on crumbling concrete at the main entrance to the park, underneath the tattered wood and plastic that make up the faded blue water slide. There are broken stairs and the distant ghostly scent of chlorine gliding past my nose as the spring sunshine batters down through salty air. I can smell hot dogs at the snack stand to our left. The scent of kettle chips and soft pretzels and fried dough surrounding me as I head to the entrance of the slide, where I see lifeguards blasting their whistles at kids running around the park. A sharp reminder to walk, not run. It's a safety precaution so that the park doesn't get sued. My imagination catapults back to 1994. Pre-cell phone, pre-Columbine, pre-9-11, where everything feels naive, less chaotic, less anxiety-ridden. The mass media has made a laughingstock out of Stella Liebeck, a character assassination attempt fabricated by McDonald's legal team defending the billion-dollar corporation from being sued because their coffee is too hot. Hey, what's the best thing about breakfast at McDonald's? Coffee. Pour it out of the cup. It's steaming. It's dark and rich. I pour it personally. A jury in Albuquerque has awarded almost $2.9 million to a woman scalded by a cup of McDonald's coffee. The big news outlets choose to leave out crucial information about Liebeck's lawsuit, specifically the third-degree burns that she endured after the spill, resulting in eight days of hospitalization, reconstructive skin grafting, and two years of subsequent painful medical treatment to get her vaginal area back in working order. It's evident that, behind closed doors, Media corporations like ABC have conspired with the burger monolith in an attempt to undermine Liebeck's severe, painful body disfigurement. McDonald's popularized the concept of excessive lawsuits, making Liebeck the poster child for their smear campaign to keep their public reputation intact and their deep pockets overflowing. 
The mass hysteria generated by the incident will become the butt of a cruel cultural joke, and suddenly, businesses across the country will be held accountable for their cheap tricks to save cash. Like, for example, keeping coffee fresher, longer, at boiling hot temperatures so as not to waste product while mimicking the freshly brewed taste. In response, Radanthi's Waterfall Park, in my ever-evolving fantasy, hires additional lifeguards to cover their bases so that nobody can whip out an excessive lawsuit. Should a child trip and fall and smash their head on the concrete? No cell phones mean everyone is present with the day. Actually talking and listening to each other. Nobody's taking a barrage of photos on their personal electronic devices unless they have a film camera which I actually do, a gift from my ex-boyfriend who has helped to convince me that I am a photographer, though I fear identifying as such because so many talented urbexers produce gorgeous photography work. I am a writer, a storyteller, and I am happy to fulfill that role in the community. As 1994 runs circles around me, I tell Jerry I'm going to the top of the tower to get some shots. He isn't keen to follow. Smart move, I think, noting the broken staircase that looks like it could give way at any second. I climb, and without warning, I'm back at Garden of the Gods Road, on top of the water slide in Colorado Springs, the one that somehow they demolished and replaced with a chain motel, the one that, no matter how much research I do, I can't find a history of anywhere except a short Reddit thread. I stop at the top and my breath catches in my chest. The ghosts of the park have vanished, save one. Me. Six years old, no clue that the country will look and feel very different 20 plus years from now, 30 years from now, 100 years from now. Just little me, a huge planet laid out before me, and all the innocent curiosity I can muster. I look as small as people always said I was, but I can see the glow of my expansive imagination picturing far off places, the desire for adventure emanating from my pores my eyeballs scouring the horizon, dreaming of the miraculous world in front of me. I stand with myself for a moment, a rare occurrence on these expeditions, and for the second time since I began to explore these abandoned spaces in May of 2020, I gently put my hand on my six-year-old self's shoulder. For a moment, I forget about everything that's happened, all the loss, all the tragedy, all the rage and confusion and sorrow, Six-year-old me comforts me too, and we embrace for a hug that seems to last forever. And then he shoes me off. You'll You'll be fine. fine. Promise. Bye. I descend back to Jerry. And as we walk away, I turn and watch as the Colorado Springs water slide comes crashing down, imagining the demolition that took place all those years ago and transforms back into reality, to this abandoned water slide in Redanthe, North Carolina. It's a heavy loss, a memorial of days gone by. 
a shrine that not even my own brother remembers when I bring it up to him months later. I even call the El Paso County Assessor's office, leave a voicemail, leave a second voicemail, but nothing. I try several more times, send emails, and no response. Jerry and I make our way to the northern side of the park, where the old go-kart track sits, overgrown and shabby, scores of weeds sprouting up out of every corner of every crack in the pavement. The paint on the ground has been faded from years of exposure to the elements. We twist and turn down the track, and I can hear the sound of go-karts zipping all around us, laughter and joy filling the air. It reminds me of my upbringing that was insular. As much as I'm grateful to my parents for the gift of a protected childhood, sometimes I wonder if it's impacted my ability to cope with reality. Growing up, I lived in a fantasy world. Until I didn't, when humankind made itself known and I was forced to reckon with the truth that we are in a constant battle and always will be. Jerry and I reach a certain juncture on the track where I remind myself that I've been making this ongoing project to fight these feelings of hopelessness, to stay grounded, to keep active in the fight for equity, truth, and justice. Jerry patiently helps me snap a photo, my personal symbol of ascension above the noise and the mayhem. I jump, flash, and then we leave. It's unceremonious. We grab a quick breakfast and make plans to see each other when Jerry comes up to New York sometime in the coming year. We hug, kiss, and say goodbye. And I know deep down, this will probably be the last time I see him. I don't hear from Jerry again, but I think about our time together with fondness. So, Jerry, if you're listening, thank you for your goodness and your kindness. It was a breath of fresh air. If you're just tuning in, then welcome to the second season of Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Join me every other week as I take you on an immersive sonic journey recounting my expeditions of abandoned spaces across the United States, which I transform into fantastical audio experiences that allow you, dear listener, to dive into my imagination with me, or maybe inspire you to go out and use your own. Next time, I have the inordinate pleasure to introduce you to my friend, Mrs. Dalby, the wife of the gravekeeper of Hatteras Island in North Carolina's Outer Banks. She's invited us to dinner at her sea-bound, empty, raptured house. If you don't want to miss it, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you like to read or enjoy amateur photography, just know that each episode this season is adapted from the original All-American Ruins blog, where you can catch up on more of my adventures. Just visit allamericanruins.com or follow me on Instagram at allamericanruins. Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast is hosted, written, edited, and produced by me, Blake File, with studio space courtesy of Radio Kingston, WKNY, AM 1490, FM 107.9 in Kingston, New York. Special thanks to Ida Hakala, Jimmy Buff, and Manuel Bloss for the mentorship and encouragement, to you, the listener, for taking time to explore these abandoned spaces with me, and 
to Jerry. I hope you're doing well.